Good evening, everybody. We're going to give everybody about 30 more seconds to jump in while we get everything going. We are live tonight on, of course, our studio, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok. So we are live tonight with an important podcast. But before we can start, we're going to go ahead and play our disclosure. Again, TikTok, you will not hear a disclosure during this time. Let's see. Ying Yang, the podcast does not own rights to any background music or noise you may hear. This podcast is completely opinion-based and may include adult content, adult language, and verbiage not suitable for any underage viewers. Information found in this podcast may not contain exact accuracy as it is opinion-based. Please listen at your own risk. All right. We're going to welcome everybody officially in a Yang Yang the podcast for February 3rd, being the first Saturday of the month, as we discussed before. This is a sponsored podcast by My Stable Mind, which is owned by Yang. Um, these are sponsored podcasts, meaning that, of course, not only will she be kind of hosting them, but she um, she's going to kind of take the ball and I'm going to kind of ask questions this time because this is stuff that she is more familiar with um, for the most part. Tonight is PTSD awareness. Um, so mental health awareness is always the first Saturday of every month. So keep that in mind as you're watching our podcast. And with that being said, I am going to pass it to you. Yes, thank you. I was just about to say that again. So what we're going to be doing on the first Saturday is bringing awareness to mental health and each Saturday we're going to talk about a different uh, condition and I think this first Saturday we're going to start it off with PTSD. Now I'm at Yang, like do you know like a lot about or anything about PTSD? I do. So at 14 years old I was diagnosed with PTSD um, due to some childhood trauma I had went through um, and that childhood trauma trauma created um really i actually i was actually diagnosed with complex ptsd um yeah i was too and okay um <laughs> but it brought on like nightmares and um i had a lot of problems with being in public and it also created the diagnosis of social phobia that i carry um which is the fear of embarrassment not the fear of crowds um so that is where the PTSD is actually what brought on that phobia. Um, But yeah, no, so I know a lot about it, but I can't say I know a lot about it. Like medically, I know what I went through with it and that's it. Gotcha. Yeah. That's what people like they hear about it. You know, people talking about it, you know, news and movies. Usually a lot of people know about it from like how it's portrayed in like in the public eye, like on movies and such like that. And a lot of people like related to like people that have been in war, um, that served in the military because you know the flashbacks that they get from that. But it's a lot more like anyone can get PTSD from any type of um, trauma. So let's talk a little bit about let's get a little medical real quick and see. Let's go ahead and tell you what PTSD actually stands for. It actually stands for post traumatic stress disorder you see i had trouble saying that that's why we're just gonna call it ptsd (laughs) yeah so that's a tongue twister for me too um 
And I actually used to get it wrong. Like when I was a teenager and I would tell people, I'd be like, no, I have PSD. <laughs> and they would be like, what? And I'd be like, you know, post-syndrome. Post-syndrome. <laughs> I, I don't even like know PTT. what I thought the D stood for. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just I, that's what I call um, it. <laughs> listen, I'll say one, either the T or the S. I'm PST, PTS, or something. But I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I got PT. Girl, you got part-time. <laughs> Physical PT. training, what is PT? <laughs> you know, that disorder, that flashback disorder. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> okay 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 so but yeah it stands for post-traumatic stress disorder which is really just like a medical health condition that affects individuals who experience or witness a traumatic event like okay. in their daily life relationships overall it just like affects you know your whole well-being actually mm-hmm. so it impacts every part of your life or how you act on how you associate with people, how you not associate with people. So it really affects um, a lot in your life and it can turn your life upside down just by, you know, having it. So um, it is stems from, you know, that trauma, those events. And like you said, you have been diagnosed with complex. Complex is actually... Um, like it says, it's complex, a higher level than the classical regular PTSD. You have the, you know, PTSD, I guess we're going to call it standard. And then you have the complex, which is people who um been in ongoing um traumatic events. Like it happened multiple, multiple, multiple times. And it causes a complex version uh, of PTSD. So those are the differences and it has different like there's different symptoms with each one of those and different like treatment options um based on which one did you have whether or not you have the standard or the complex that's actually what I was going to ask when I raised my finger a second ago like do the two have different symptoms like how did they mm-hmm. how did they determine that I had complex versus but I think that you answered that in what you just said yeah, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it because it's like, okay, let's start with the standard PTSD. Some of those symptoms include like the flashbacks, like I was saying, those like the vivid memories that you get from that traumatic event that you can feel it like you're reliving it right then and there and it causes the PTSD. You get it from nightmares. Um, everybody know what nightmares is. We ain't going to talk about what nightmares Nightmares, you know. Dreams that scare the hell out of you. So those mm-hmm. nightmares. Um, avoidance is another symptom of the standard PTSD. Individuals, um, they go through great lengths to avoid reminders of that traumatic event. So if you're avoiding people, places, or any activities because it reminds you um, of what happened, then I do that too. I do avoidance um, heavily. So I can tell you that is um, a real symptom because I would avoid and ghost people and things in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That's probably one of my uh, uh, what you call it, petty petty peeves, or uh, you know, being petty. People call it being petty. I don't care. I call it avoiding shit that's gonna make me feel traumatic. <laughs> See, and that's uh, some people call it avoidance. I call it, I call it healing. 
because for a long mm-hmm. time, that's the how I thought you were supposed to heal. And that's wrong, by the way, guys. Avoiding it does not heal you. No, it don't. Trust me, it don't. <laughs> you got to find a way to release it or get it out, Move, you know, to overcome it. Forgive and not forgive and forget, but forgive and move on so you can gain gain your strength and your life back. But yeah, avoidance is, is real. Most people probably do avoiding as one of their main symptoms. I think more people probably do avoidance than flashbacks. Right. 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 Flashbacks are real too, though, guys. Yeah, it is. When you have that overwhelming feeling of that, where you felt like reliving, that's the, the thing you relive. At that exact feeling, you get all of the feelings, emotions, the visions going on in your head, everything is it's like actually like you were living that same time over right. and over again, that same trauma over and over again. So, yeah, the last, uh, well, I've got a couple more symptoms I just want to touch base on is um, we, 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 I'm gonna try to say this word, okay? Uh, Yang, go ahead, go ahead and laugh at me now because I'm gonna try to say it. I'm probably gonna butcher it, but we're gonna say it. It's it's hyper vigilance. That's you actually said it right. I actually it's said it right. Yeah. Hyper vigilance. Okay. So do you know what that means? Because we we I'm just gonna I can give you like what I think it means with the book saying what do, it means, but what do you think it means? I don't even know how to say it, so I know I probably don't I ain't gonna gonna guess it wrong. Well, right here it says it's a heightened sense state of alertness. But we're gonna put it in layman's terms for y'all. Which is also what? Reading um, What is who who else has a hyper sense of alertness? We did a podcast on it a couple weeks ago. Girl, you know my memory. I do Impasse. Oh yeah. Remember how I talked about how impasse that actually stems from a trauma in your past that makes you more aware and that's how you become an empath? That's what it is. That's so now you know what I was referring to when I was talking about impasse. Impasse. <laughs> yeah, because we did. Now remember that we did, and you did say that most impasse uh, get their powers, we're going to say, from going through a traumatic event. So yep, that that's what sense. it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, hyperventilance can lead to, you know, increase in the irritability, you know, can't concentrate. ADHD probably so I think I got a little bit of that too I'm starting to feel attacked (laughs) right I think I got a little ADHD too I probably got a whole lot of shit wrong people and the uh, last one for the uh, well not really not the last one but like you people with standard does experience like emotional numbness and I can contest to that like you get real numb Detach yourself from emotions. Detach yourself until from you begin to heal, guys. Yeah, because I will. I would avoid you, and I would go through numbness. And while I'm detaching, because I will hide in my house, and I will not talk to you. I will put my phone on do not disturb and go to my quiet space and don't come over. See, that's why I have people know don't Which come over. Which she still does. Just for the record, she still puts her phone on D and D. Oh, it's on D and D right now. Know. It stays See? on D and D. Listen, my my phone, no lie, my phone stay on battery saver and D and D like ninety nine percent of the time. Like 
So, and I just, I know this is completely off subject, but I just learned, and I actually learned this from her when I was there last time, that if you put your phone on D&D, you can list some people that are your favorites that you'll still accept calls from. Mm -hmm. And if I would have known I could do that, I would have been putting my phone on D&D a long time ago. But I just found out from her, and now I know how to do it. Now I do it. I just found out, I just found out how to um, use D&D. I mean, I knew the phone, the feature was on the phone, but I never paid no attention to it, never really used it to see what it was all about. But when I found out and what it really, really does, I was like, oh, this phone about to be on Do Not Disturb. Leave me a voicemail, and when I feel up to it, I would check it. But I got my favorites. If you ain't that important, you is not on my favorites list, and you can't get through. But I do got a set, so if you're not on my favorites and you call me twice within 15 minutes, then you can come through. Then it might be an emergency that I might need to talk to you. You better quit broadcasting that on podcast before bill collectors <laughs> hear it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, they get blocked. Okay, so there's a difference between <laughs> D&D and blocked. So if you go home call and to, to get through for some foolishness, you're going to be on the block list. So you can get the D&D or you get the block. Take your pick. It's fine either way with me. It's fine with me. You can go on. Oh. <laughs> D&D or block? It's up to you. You want to, uh, what you call it? You want to abuse the D&D features or the <laughs> privileges of D&D? You can go and block. Listen, block you out my life. Oh, God. Okay, so the last symptoms of the regular is um your negative, negativity, like basically having negative thoughts, negative um, beliefs, um, just being a pooper head and just being all negative. Being a pooper head? <laughs> that was the most grown-up thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> but no, it makes sense. And that's actually a good way to put it. Because it's not really their fault that they're being negative. You know, right. that's stemming from a area of that wall being up and needing to protect themselves, their emotions, and their heart. So, you know, that negativity, it comes off aggressive sometimes, but the flip mm-hmm. side is, is people got to remember, if you meet someone that's always negative, they are probably struggling with something you're just not aware of. Right. Because there's you no reason gotta... to hate every moment of your life. And and that's speaking from someone who's been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. So... I and you right. still see me on here smiling and and doing what I gotta do yeah. and you can, sometimes because you gotta people negative because they don't know how to do they probably don't know how to set their healthy boundaries and don't know how to right you know really work that to it's beneficial to them so they are so negative right so the negativity lives there because they need to set those healthy boundaries don't cross this line don't come inside my box. So you messing with the energy. You got to get the boost. So, so if those are all of the symptoms for regular PTSD, like PTSD. We're we calling it standard. Standard. Okay, <laughs> standard PTSD. I don't, I don't know why I keep quoting PTSD because it is PTSD. I just ignore my finger quotes, guys. They're apparently just showing up when they want tonight. So I'm going to just put my hands under my legs and try to quit talking with my hands. Um, (laughs) So what, what additional symptoms then make it complex or is it completely different symptoms? Oh, so additional symptoms. Yeah. I was just about to jump into that. So some symptoms that makes it complex, as you know, complex is 
the ongoing, like you've been through it. Right, it and I was pretty sure time. that I had all of the standard PTSD yeah, symptoms most also. People like, so. Yeah, see, I got complex. I have all the standard, and you have additional ones for complex. So okay. a lot of people who have the complex PTSD do have or will have all of the uh, symptoms, all, everything from the standard. So that that's why you got everything from the standard. I got everything from the standard, too, as oh, well. okay. Well, now yeah. I feel a little bit better because I was like, dang, maybe right. they just diagnosed me. <laughs> no, because we're special because we're more jacked up. <laughs> I got to hear this now. <laughs> so, listen, jacked up by to... like more messed up. Oh, okay, yes. so when you first said that, I thought you meant like jacked up, like we got more caffeine in our body, we have more energy, like ADHD. Girl, no, we're talking about PTSD. I know, but when you said jacked up, that's why I was—I was thinking energy, like it out. And you know, I was just I over was here just talking with my hands. You know, and... you know, I was trying—I was trying to be polite and not cuss. So I was trying to think of a word that was <laughs> replace the cuss word that was in my head. We are... We'll just do this. We're just going to use your quotes. So you're more complex. We're going to be complex. Okay. So, you know, we, we make fun of everything, so it's okay. That's so, how we deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm all jacked up. Anyway, symptoms so complex includes um emotional, we're gonna murder we're gonna butcher another word. Emotional dysregulation. Oh, I said it right again. You said, said it right, yep. So what's dysregulation? I just want to say really quick, I don't know what that noise was that just happened, but it was like on perfect point with the end of that word that she said it correctly. So whoever or however that happened, keep doing it when she says words correctly. It was great. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, someone said that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So individual with the complex may struggle with intense and fluctuating emotions. Mm Mm-hmm. They find it challenging to manage and stabilize their moods. So basically, I guess it sounds like it means like a, like being a, like what the other one was, like a detachment. What you think? Like, well, no, not really detachment. So stabilization. Stabilizing your moods or stabilizing your feelings or dealing with your feelings. What that more or less means for those that don't understand, like, and I only know this because I also have BPD, which is also like with BPD, it's more, um, you are unable to control your emotions as much as your moods. It's moods also, but it's more your emotions. Um, but the stabilizing of moods means like one minute you're okay. We're good. We're happy. We're having a good day. And then an hour later, you're angry. You hate the world and you're probably going to break a few plates. And I speak on that from experience because I've been there yeah. and done it many a time while I was fighting to get better. Girl, you put it like that. Yep. Been down that road too. That's why those own places is in business. You know, where you can go in there and rage run out rooms. of the room and you can just break shit. They're I called rage rooms. Oh, so me and, my, me and my mom on? are talking about going to one. But yeah, you can okay. come with us. We can all go together. Right. Can we go go to rage room? I just want to just... Break shit or punch a hole in a wall or take a sledgehammer. And put some yeah, they have them like an hour from my house. It's not. It's not that bad at all. All right, next trip to the mountains. This we coming to the, going to the rage room. Well, and girl, I live in the mountains. We can literally just take a hammer out to the mountain. 
I'll be too scared to fall off that damn mountain. <laughs> she she not be acting like y'all. She be acting like when she out here that all the one rock's gonna fall and the whole mountain gonna crumble. I don't know where she she watched way too many wild e coyote and Roadrunner cartoons growing up where things were just like falling apart and blowing up. But she really be it's not her fault though. She just but she really be thinking that that's gonna happen. Go ahead. <laughs> I guess that's part of my PTSD. You know, it, it might there fall you down. Know. You know, it's gonna fall. <laughs> I'm gonna fall off it. It's just. Uh, not meant for me to do this <laughs> are we supposed to be on this mountain like i really want to know who was the first person who went up the mountain and was like this is a great place to live like who the fuck was that dude okay anyway <laughs> i'm sorry it's like, i bet it's- you i bet you he had complex ptsd and he was avoiding the outside world i bet you that He's trying to find this a way, a way to ghost motherfuckers. He was just like, uh-huh. I'm gonna go up this mountain, and I don't want to be bothered. Leave me there. Yep. That was their version of DND. <laughs> it, it probably was. <laughs> it probably, that's a, I'm gonna go up this mountain. Do not disturb, because nobody's really gonna go up there. It's like, and the, the first people who, what you call them, first I guess construction workers who actually had to pave the road to the mountains, like. Who signed up for that? Like, I'm gonna, I'll take that one, sir. Like, all right, boss, let me get that one. I'm going to pave this road to the mountains. Nah, nah, give me the alley. I want the alley. I'll pave the alley. I'll that mountain. No, we're not doing this. Okay, we're getting way off topic. I'm in my feelings about this mountain. <laughs> See? That's and it's like this, this every too. time we talk about it. That's why it's so funny for me. You're triggering me. Uh, see, see? That was a trigger. That's a trigger. I need to tell my therapist. Uh, this she's triggering me. That's a trigger. Uh, That's a all trigger I did right is invite there. you to my house. Gosh. <laughs> you trigger me. But I me do live I'm up a mountain, guys. Like like straight, like up a mountain. Up a mountain. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we're gonna stop being triggered. See, this episode is triggering me too much. Okay. So another symptoms of the complex is um difficulty in forming relationships i can contest that because i have major trust issues major trust issues major fear of abandonment major challenging forming and maintaining healthy relationships because i ghost people all the time so yeah i'm probably number one on the list of of this symptom this is one of the one main ones how about you Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the healthiest relationship I've been in is the current one that I'm in. And this is ever in my Mm -hmm. entire life. Um, And that's only because I had to heal. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, I wasn't completely healed walking into this relationship. He he had to show me that I I wasn't going to be abandoned. And he had to show me before I would even start to believe that we were an item. Right. and with there's still moments too. I still have, and I, I'm sure that you still have moments too. Like I'll, I'll call her out of nowhere and I'll be like, I'm pretty sure he's leaving me. God, I still get my, and... my boys in hell. <laughs> they give him hell every day. It's like, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> listen, listen, struggling. When I tell you struggle, the struggle is real. Cause I'm a test you. <laughs> I'm a test you. I'm going to do everything so, I can to make you leave. Before I ask you to stay. See, that's how you know they, they're willing to stay and put up with all of your psychoticness. 
Because I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't got no psychoticness. Not, Me neither. Um, I'm, I guess not I'm not crazy. Not, I'm not crazy. Either. No, I'm damaged. <laughs> I don't know if I'm up. supposed to say that. And it's not really a thing to make fun of, but it's the reality of it. And anyone that's ever right. had PTSD or is currently working on a PTSD treatment, etc., will tell you the same thing. Your brain feels mm-hmm. broken. You don't it think really like does. other people do. And that's like this, the another symptom I wanted to touch base on too is like the negative self concept. Like you don't think like other people think. You don't. You you have the feelings. You feeling. You feel guilty more. You feel shame. You feel, and it could be like the superest, the silliest thing. Like you know, you grab the red Kool Aid instead of the grape Kool Aid. Look, I called it red instead of like cherry and shit. But never mind. You grab the wrong thing and you feel guilty because, you know. But hell's bells. <laughs> right. Because you just be like, um, somebody be like, I wanted the red Kool-Aid. And you grab the last one. So you're like feeling guilty because the other person may say something about you grabbing the last one. And you would like ruin your whole afternoon, your whole day, your whole week because somebody mad you grabbed the wrong one. So, yeah. And I can elaborate a little bit on that. Um, And I'm only comfortable sharing this just for the record, because a lot of people aren't comfortable sharing their past stories. I'm Mm -hmm. only comfortable sharing this because it's literally published in my book. So if I hadn't put it out there for the world anyways, (laughs) um, I probably wouldn't be as comfortable sharing it. But my traumatic event was... Um, molestation by a distant family member that started when I was really young. And and then very, very years later, y'all, I don't know, I can't talk today for some reason, but a lot of years later, I was going to say very many years later, and I don't know why, but a lot of years later, um, that individual who did those things to me ended up taking his own life. And instead of being logical and being like, okay, well, clearly he struggled with his mental health his entire life. Also, my brain went into, oh man, he realized how bad he hurt me and he took his own life. And so I felt shame for his suicide for years after it happened. I actually had to go into intenser therapy during that time. Well, not during that time, but a little bit after that time, because I felt so guilty for what he did to himself. And I felt so guilty that he did it and he had a family, you know? So it was one of those things where you can't control that shame or that guilt that eats away at you either. It comes out of nowhere and it just, it takes you over. It consumes you. Girl, with me, I just, I just finally really spoke on it just recently. Like really spoke about what happened to me. Like, that's why I like what, like telling my parents that it happened when I was younger because nobody, it happened and nobody knew. And because of that shame, I was shamed, the guilty. I thought it was my fault. I thought, you know, and I didn't want nobody to know it happened. So I held on to it. But now it eats at me. So at 40, I'm just now saying, hey, this shit happened when I was younger and I need to process it so I can not let it affect me. But yeah, I get that feeling that shame. Even out some things that I do or don't do, like you know my day to days, um, that that feeling to set in too, that that shameful feeling or guilt, um, mm-hmm. about things or your decisions, 
And it's hard. Like sometimes you, people struggle with making decisions because of what happened. Like they constant reminder. So yeah, that's very, it never very, very goes. Big. It never goes completely away. It always kind of sticks in the back of your head. Like I logically, as and I don't want to say completely healed, but as a majority healed individual that's worked really hard to get to where I am in my mental health. Um. I will say that I'll still have moments in time or days that pop back into my head where I'm like, man, you know, if I would have just told him I forgave him, maybe he mm-hmm. wouldn't have put his family through that, you know, right. but I it, go and through the sucky like, part is it's not my burden to carry. I didn't do anything no, wrong. It's not. Even though like with me, it's, it's I don't want to talk about it. Like I, it's, I held it in so long. I didn't want to talk about it and still don't want to tell about all the details because I don't want, I don't want, I guess, uh, I feel guilty about how it's going to affect the people, you know, that did it to me. So it's like, but I, and the only thing I want to say to anybody out there that feels like that, anybody, I don't care who you are. If people wanted you to speak better of them, then they would have treated you better. This is your story to tell. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Cat Williams said that. No, he didn't. He took that from a famous writer. (laughs) Um, I am not quoting Cat Williams. Um, But that's that's the absolute truth. You know, if people Mm -hmm. wanted you to speak highly of them, they would have treated you better. It is your story to tell, you know, and you choose you choose how you want to tell it and and who you want to tell it to. And should the day ever come that you tell it to the world, the only person that can be upset about the fact that the story was told was the person. And the only reason they can be upset is because they're guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, there's not a way to take those items back. And it could be as little as you stole my Legos when I was in first grade. If it hurts your feelings and it was never addressed, it hurts your feelings. It was never addressed. Your feelings are valid regardless of what they are. That's true. And that is so true. We, we hold on to that guilt. and how we overcome it is letting go of that guilt but it's a hard step to let go a hard process and that's part of treatment i'm jumping ahead but i do want to touch base on one other major symptoms of the complex ptsd that i think is important is uh, identity disturbance and i could contest to that too because you have a lost sense or a broken sense of yourself you make it difficult to establish your identity, who you are, and you second guess. Like I second guess just about every decision I make. Is that did I make a right choice? Did I not? Even though, like, I just recently purchased a new car, and I second guess the whole process. Did I pick the right car? Am I getting? If I make a next year, should I hold off and go to a different car lot after I'd have been to? five other different car lives. So if I'm making the right, even after I put down the down payment, it's like, did I make the right decision? You know, did I sign? I already signed the paperwork, but is that, did I do that right? Is that right decision to make? So I second guess everything is like having that identity disturbance or broken identity is real because you don't have that. I guess it all boils down to you lose that confidence you have in yourself. 
Well, you got to think about it. You were constantly second guessing everything that you believe because everyone in the world is telling you like, like, for instance, with my situation, um, that was an extended family member, but it was an extended family member we saw on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. everyone was telling me this was a great family and, oh, he's so intelligent and, oh, he's going to do so well and, and all these different things. And, and the entire time I'm knowing what happened to me and I'm going, well, dang, maybe I'm the problem. You know, so you start yeah. your entire journey thinking that you're the one that was wrong. And then you're trying to figure out how you can be a better person to a world that has no idea why you're trying so hard. You know, I was like the happiest kid in the world. Um, mm-hmm. the, the librarians used to call me smiley and they'd be like, oh, you're always so happy. But little did they know, like I was crying myself to sleep every single night, you know, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where you put on such a big front for the world so that you can be a normal, normal part of society um, that you lose yourself in that and you get caught up in like, who am I? Am I really happy? Am I sad? Am I overreacting? You know, it's, it's a big deal. It really is. It really is. And you go through that process and that's how it makes it complex because you never, it's so hard for you to let go of that think train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> and the other last instance I want to go touch base is the disassociation. Dis- See, I almost said that wrong. Disassociation. 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 You're saying it correctly. You said it the first time correctly. It's when you started to repeat it that it started to sound silly, but it's disassociation. Yes. Yes. So yeah, that was the um. So that's the main difference with the um the complex. You have those additional heightened symptoms with the complex PTSD. And so you have the easiest way to explain the uh, standard ones. And and for those of you that don't really know what disassociation is, is like I can kind of the best the easiest way to explain it to people honestly is you don't believe that sex and love are the same thing. So you disassociate the emotion from something that should be an emotional event. It's the easiest way to break it down so that a lot of people understand. So I'm just going to leave it at that and we can move forward. Yeah, you could have hit the nail on the head. So what do you think? We talked about what is... uh, PTSD. What are your thoughts? I just want to know your thoughts real quick on um, what do you think some causes of PTSD is? Or where are some causes? We already so, know it comes to why anyone can experience trauma. When, you know, every, anyone can experience trauma and not everybody develops PTSD from the trauma that they experience. So what, what else do you think can cause the PTSD? So we know that like childhood you know Sexual acts can. Um, so that's, you know, all the different versions of that. And I'm just going to leave that at that. I would think that witnessing a murder or witnessing a someone pass, um, even having someone close to you pass at a very young age. Um, I would think that. Ooh, like um, like young children in a hurricane. That could create mm-hmm. some kind of trauma. Um, anything that could scare, anything out of the norm that could scare you or change your direct course of life. 
So even if it's something as simple as you were riding your bicycle and you fell down a hill and you got several rocks in your knees, that could create a PTSD with bicycles that, you know, go ahead. So now, you know, I was just about to say, Adam says I give him anxiety with my driving. So later in life, he might have PTSD from that. So, you know, just saying that's an example. (laughs) So... (laughs) We <laughs> so that's how it kind of goes, flows. But anyway, so the standard we got the quotes. The standard PTSD some causes them from like um, severity. You have to look at the severity of the trauma. Like it's a more you know severe to life threatening type that type of thing of the event, the trauma event. Um, the duration of the event, a duration of the trauma, like. The prolonged exposure to that can de- develop that PTSD. Lack okay. of support with the trauma or with the traumatic event, life of, I guess you could say the aftermath of the trauma. So the mm-hmm. life of, lack of support during that process. And any um, other mental health issues you may have alongside of any other previous trauma other than that you know one event because you know PTSD people can get the standard PTSD from one you know one traumatic event Mm -hmm. so if you have other traumatic events or either other mental health issues that can lead to developing PTSD as well so that actually makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense right it's like a big eye-opener really so some real quick some complex causes would be like like you were saying the child abuse the physical, emotional, and sexual abuse during childhood can usually leads to complex PTSD in adults. Mm-hmm. Um, neglect and domestic violence. So I got I got all mm-hmm. three of them. So my PTSD, complex PTSD, does come from childhood abuse, neglect. I experienced that in in you know during childhood as well. Domestic violence experience went through all that. So that's why I have a really complex version of the pts complex that version actually of complex makes a lot PTSD. of sense so because i got I've, all I of that can together say i've never really experienced neglect directly um but as i got older you know when you have any form of ptsd it's really again hard to maintain relationships so a lot right. of my neglect and abandonment issues stem from early relationships as i went into adulthood right so and my neglect sense. is not look let me clarify that but because you have two two different versions of neglect. It could be physical emotional neglect and physical. emotional neglect. So my neglect really comes from mostly mostly um comes from I should say the emotional side. I got emotional neglect. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't really neglected physically. I was abused physically, but not um Yeah, and I wasn't really neglected emotionally. Neglected. I just didn't tell anybody. So nobody <laughs> knew what was going on until it was way too late. <laughs> Oh Lord! See, you almost like me. I waited till I was forty, but like, hey, something's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I did it a lot sooner than you. I was fourteen yeah. when it all I came. Was like, I got twelve when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So some treatments. So real quick, before we're going to talk about, a little bit about treatments, and then we can hit some stats that I think are are. So I need to bring awareness to some statistics, um, and then. Um, you know, about 15 minutes. So some treatments, you know, we can do therapy. You know, therapy is one of the biggest 
treatments for PTSD. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say medication. Not everybody agrees with medications. You have everybody has their own opinions about medications. I'm not really a big fan of medication. If I don't have so, to be on medication, I understand medication, but I just don't I just really want to throw this out there really quick while you say medication, because mm-hmm. if you look down our feed for the last week while we were preparing for this PTSD podcast, there were multiple people that brought up on their microdosing. And let me say, Mm -hmm. I am not at all against microdosing. I have learned a lot about it over the years. I think it's a very wise decision for some people. Mm -hmm. However, I think that if that is a decision you're going to make, you need to speak with that. Speak with that. I'm sorry, y'all. My brain's not working tonight. (laughs) Speak about that with a physician. Even if you're not comfortable talking to your direct doctor about it, you need to talk to your therapist, somebody about it, because microdosing can also cause you a lot of harm if there are certain things wrong with your health. So before you go out and make decisions like that, Mm -hmm. whatever, because I'm for holistic treatments. Holistic treatments are the the thing to me um but you know i'm a hippie at heart so um i don't really right. like medicine I prefer I that, yeah i prefer a herbal approach other than you know a pharmaceutical yeah, approach but you should but never you do, do any of that stuff without a stuff doctor's right and they they might not ever give you like a sign off on it but at least they could say educate you but right. you, I know you have the final say what you put into your body, but you can get educated and the doctor can tell you, like, you know, you have high blood pressure and I have you on such and such with your blood pressure or your right. type 2 and diabetes. Right, and can, right, can right spike your heart. Right, and then you can make an educated decision whether or not you want to microdose or not. Yep. So, and I just wanted to address that because so many people brought it up on the page that I just wanted to say that it's it's not something I disagree with at all. And I know a lot of people that it's worked for. I right. just don't think that you should do it without a physician knowing. Right. That's agree. I am totally agreeing with that. And the, um, the other treatment I want to touch base is on um, support groups. And that's, there's an abundance of information on there. Uh, and there's a lot of support groups out there that can help you if you have someone to talk to. It's what stemmed me to even start My Stable Mind is because I wanted to be there to support others and let people know that they're not alone. You are not alone in this fight. Um, Mental health affects a lot of people. And I want to try to erase the stigma that's that's, out there that we don't need to talk about it. That's something you don't need to talk about, something you need to hide. No, if if it helps you to get it out, you are not alone. There's... We better look at the stats, but there's a lot of people out there that's fighting with something, and I, that's why I want to start my civil mind. I started my civil mind to educate, be there for people, um, you know, about and let them know they are not alone. They are not alone in this fight. We are in this together. Just know that we right. are in this together. You are in this together. We're in this together. We're in this fight together. You are not alone. You do not have to fight these feelings alone or nothing. So you need a support group. They're out there. Um, stay tuned to My Stable Mind because they're going to be um, different, um, like I said, life coaching and training videos out there that are going to help you get through things. Um, if you're not in the group, in my Facebook group, you join up in there because um, there are going to be some things going on this year that I'm going to amp up because people need to be supported. There's not enough awareness. On mental health, so I'm really going to be shining my that light. Um, and another thing that, that leads me to the other one is for lifestyle changes. So that's why I'm going to be helping 
out with those lifestyle changes with my stable mind. So stay tuned with that. I just want to say, and like this is a couple of treatments for complex versions because complex, you got to dig a little deeper with complex because, you know, we're, we're special. So that complex <laughs> is the trauma See, focus. I just want to <laughs> say, I like special a lot more than jacked up. But go okay, ahead. yeah, we're going to go with special. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was kind of low key, but yeah, maybe, I don't know. Looking not really the right phrase. Anyway, anyway. It was high key. So, you say high, high key, key if it's the opposite. I don't know. <laughs> wow. You know what? It's probably not even close to what I was thinking. But anyway. To treat complex, we're gonna need some trauma focused therapy. You know what? We're gonna need therapy, not the standard therapy, I guess. We're gonna need some focused therapy, some behavioral therapy. Some mindfulness practices along with that medication mm-hmm. to, uh, to handle. But now let's get into some of the uh, some statistics so we can see how uh, common PTSD is. <laughs> I said that wrong, right? I was just going to try to go. <laughs> I love it, though, because every time that you have said statistics, you have said it wrong. Um, so it just makes That's me giggle. I but I know that it's just a word, and it's just one of those words that catch people up. But it's so funny to me. I just love it. Sorry, go ahead. No, because I was going to blow past it like it wasn't even a thing <laughs> until I seen until I you laugh. You was laughing, and I was like, oh, my God. She know I said it wrong. Everybody <laughs> knows I said it wrong. TikTok know I said it wrong. <laughs> Listen, um, your complex PTSD is showing. <laughs> For real. For real. I'm going to need a microdose after this. <laughs> oh, okay. So PTSD is really, really common, you guys. Really common. So mm-hmm. I got these almond... Let me give a shout out to singlecare.com. I got these statistics. Stat, I'm going to say stats. I got these stats from singlecare.com. Just to let you guys know, I didn't make this this stuff up. So I didn't make up none of these numbers. Go out there to uh, single care and you can find out that I'm telling the truth. Okay. So Canada actually has the highest rate of PTSD. And they studied 24 countries. But Canada was like the highest, probably because of all that cold. Is Canada part of a mountain? Listen, listen, it, Sheena. It's just too cold anyway. She, we, we need to have a geography lesson <laughs> really badly because this whole afraid of the mountains thing. Like, so does that mean you afraid of Canada now too? I don't know. Canada is too cold. I'm not going to Canada because it's too cold. But other people, let's say, let's come back to the United States. Okay, so United States, it says there's 20% of people of everybody in the United States who experience a traumatic event. They say 20% will develop PTSD. That sounds normal. Mm-hmm. One out of 13 people in the U.S. will develop PTSD at some point in their life. One out of 13. And there's mm. an amount of mild, moderate, and severe cases that are nearly equal to 36.6% of cases. 36.6 cases are severe. 31% um, were monitored, monitored. And I said that wrong. And 30% was uh, mild cases. Other cases out of United States studies. 
So that's a that's that's a lot. But that's, that's I mean, lot. there's a lot of people experience PTSD. It's it's honestly besides anxiety, it seems to be becoming one of the most common mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. And you know, we got millions of people in the United States, so I don't know the number of people in the United States. Alexa, how many people are in the United States? In 2024, the population of the United States is projected to be 342 million. Stop. 342 million people. Okay, so out of 342 million people, 8 million people in the in the U.S. got PTSD. In any A given year, year you right? Che- yeah, in any given year, you check the stats, 8 million people. That's a lot. You know, at least 8 million people in any given year has PTSD. Mm. And PTSD affects more than twice as many women as men. Oh. Oh, so am I, is now a good time to bring up the whole Me Too movement? I don't know if you remember that movement, but. I remember that. The Me Too movement, I mean, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that it happens to everyone, but I'm saying that there sure are a lot of Me Too's out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of women. So, like, of those 8 million, you said twice as many women, they say about 10%, 4%. It's a 10% women to 4% of men. Yep. So out of every 100 cases. Ten percent of those cases, well, ten to four. So, out of a hundred, that would be what? Ten to four. That's only a. That's a. Yeah, we're not good at math today for some reason. I'm not even good at speaking today. So, (laughs) yeah, me neither. Pronounce the words. Everything is off today. So, you were saying earlier about like the causes. You were saying some with like you said child abuse, sexual assault, shooting, gun violence, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, let's talk about some statistics. Oh, stats about Math. you know per per trauma. So with sexual assault, let me see here. There's like forty nine percent of the cases come from sexual assault. So of that eight million people who said they got PTSD, forty nine percent say it came from a sexual assault. Thirty two percent says it comes from a severe physical assault. Okay. 16.8% from a serious accident. All right. Car accident, an accident. That makes sense. A sh- like you said, shooting or stabbing victims, 15.4%. Mm-hmm. An unexpected death of a loved one, 14.3%. Okay. Parents of children with a life-threatening dis- illness, 10.4%. And I didn't even really think about, you know, that causing PTSD, but I can see how or why that would cause PTSD, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I think that goes both ways, like parents of children or children with parents that, you know? That has a disease that the the child is taking care of that parent. Yeah, I can see that too. You said earlier about witnessing a a violent act. So witnesses of a violent act is 7.3%. Okay. And like you said, hurricane, natural disasters, 3.8%. Okay. 
So look at what was the number at the top. Sexual assault. That's a shame. 49%. Yep. And now again, I want to add that it's double the amount of women. Double the amount of women. Oh Lord, 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 Lord. So would you um I just I just those stats So do you have any do you have any stats about like people getting better or like treatment stats or anything like that? Let's see. Oh, there's another good one. Forty four percent reported COVID nineteen pandemic affected their um their PTSD. So people who have PTSD says forty four percent say COVID affected their PTSD. Maybe it I made it worse. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It made mine worse isolation, at one point. Yeah, living in isolation and being fear of getting COVID. Mm-hmm. Or contra- I know a lot of people probably develop PTSD from COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I got sidetracked. What was your question again? What um. Do I, have I think stats you're actually on... right on it. Yeah, like tra- stats on treatment. Treatment. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. Let's see. Forty-one percent of reported PTS events occurred in childhood or adolescence. That's what we were talking about—the childhood abuse. And a lot of people don't know when their symptoms occur or when they, when they, um, you know, when they first get that develop and start developing PTSD you know when they they know when the um, event happened but a lot of people start developing PTSD long down along the line long down the line because it can mm-hmm. last a long time um I do have stats on truth but I do I know that's to what source in um 63, here's a good a good number. 63% believe PTSD is treatable. Do you think PTSD is treatable? PTSD is, act, it is definitely treatable. And I can tell you that it never, and this is someone, I have been in therapy since I was 14 years old on and off. Um, mm-hmm. I have struggled with my mental health, PTSD, BPD, those things my entire life, um, like since I can remember. PTSD is definitely treatable as long as number one, you find the right therapist. Mm-hmm. Number two, you actually try. Um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't still linger. Like mm-hmm. I can have a really, really bad day and I come home and sometimes all of those memories and, and things still rush back. And I still, in August of every single year, my entire life, I have bad dreams. Um. August is the one month every year that I prepare myself with my anxiety meds up front um, because I know that it's going to be a rough month for me. And I know that the dreams are going to come back. And that might even be a trigger that brings them back is knowing that they're going to come back. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I know those things, but you also, when you're trying to get better and you're trying to get treatment and things like that, you learn your triggers. And that's the biggest part of PTSD is learning your triggers. If you know your trigger, you know how to remove yourself from a situation without it becoming a traumatic, another traumatic experience in your life. 
Yes, learning your triggers is very, very important. That's And that will be like the first thing you will learn to do in therapy is to identify your triggers so you can know how to address it, avoid it. If you do our trigger, how to get through it. So, yes, knowing your triggers are very, very important in handling and treating PTSD. Um, so, yeah, 11% of people believe that it is treatable. That's a low percent, 11%. And 20%, 26% say they just don't know. They just don't have enough to make it educated to me. I think that's a fair statistic, too, because I have met many of people over my life that don't believe in mental health. Which is strange, and it's only strange to me because I was diagnosed with my disorders so young, and Mm -hmm. I fought so hard to get better and deal with those disorders, that when people are like, oh, mental health isn't real, I'm like, what? That doesn't doesn't make sense. Like, um, so when you're not sure if something is real and necessary. (laughs) Right, right. And then also, like... And I'm not trying to push nobody away or make anyone angry, but the people that are like, this is how God intended me to be. I don't need anything to help with that. God never intended for people to have PTSD. That came from a different traumatic experience in your life. It's not Mm -hmm. like the guy up above was like, and you have PTSD and you have PTSD and No, it came from somewhere. Someone else or something else did something that caused that PTSD to happen. You know, that's not God. Mm -hmm. That's um, somebody here that inflicted that on you. Yeah, that's a worldly thing. Yeah, And it needs worldly treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good that you said it. Because, like, looking at this statistic, it says... Nearly one in five respondents did um who people who responded saying they did not seek treatment. Um that's one in five said they did not receive treatment at all. And it's hard. It's hard to seek treatment for that, especially the older you get. You know, I just happened to be at a time in my life where I did something I, I did, you know, I, I attempted suicide. And so when I attempted to do that, which, by the way, was in August um, of that year, when the dreams were way too much for my brain to finally handle, um, you know, that that pushed my parents into pushing me into therapy and pushing me into trying to find out what was going on. And But it it was a blessing in disguise that I was so young to figure it out because there are so many adults that at 30 and 40 years old are starting to realize that they have these things that have stopped them from progressing in their life for so long. And mm-hmm. they have to then deal with it where I was able to deal with it for years prior to so I was able to come to my sense of self and my stability and my triggers long before other people were which also makes me feel like I'm a, it's a little bit easier to help those people and talk to other people about it because I've been there yes so the you living through it makes you a great person to help someone else get through it mm-hmm. yeah so but yeah, these are different therapies. Uh, like I said, different people want. Ugh. Let me just start that over. Like I said, eighteen percent, eighteen percent of people did not seek PTSD 
treatment. And we're still talking about the 8 million, million people um, okay. that has PTSD in the United States. Like I said, that's one in five people did not seek it at all. Um, now, the other ther- treatments, like we said, were therapy, medication. So 49% of people said they tried psychotherapy, the talk therapy. Wait, I have a question. Mm-hmm. If one in five people didn't seek treatment at all, how did they know they had PTSD? Being diagnosed, I would assume. But if they never seek treatment, how do you get diagnosed at all? Like, or are they me, just like, guessing? I was in, like, I was diagnosed by being in the hospital for something totally different. So, like, I guess you can be diagnosed if you go... And then do nothing like, with I go it. to my doctor for chest pains, and the doctor's like, well, let's find out why you're having chest pains. And they have to find out you have a chest pains because of your anxiety. You got anxiety because you, of your traumatic event. And they just say, oh, you got have PTSD. But there's like, and then you just don't treat it. So it's kind of like people... Treat it. Kind of like the people that find out they're diabetic but don't PTSD take their medicine. Cream. Yeah, right, I'm a right. diabetic, but I'm going to get me this chocolate ice cream and these cookies and eat all of this bread and not take my medication. Okay, so no, that would make sense. Okay, you can continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. I had to, yeah, <laughs> you have a question? Somebody else might have had that same question. We had to break it all down. Because when you said it, it was, I don't know if it was how you worded it or what, but my brain was it like, well, how do they know that? How do listen, they know that if they listen, didn't seek treatment? <laughs> I'm still over here tripping that I can't say the stats, you know, whole, all the way Statistics. out. <laughs> so it's probably because I said it wrong. Anyway. <laughs> Forty-one percent of people. Oh my God! Nose ring fell. Forty-one percent of people has tried antidepressants, like medication. Okay. Thirty-three percent of people tried coping strategies. That's just not doing therapy, not doing medication. Just trying that's what I do now. Just coping. so everyone's aware, I, I use coping yes. strategies now. That's how learning your triggers. That's what I was talking about. I was about. just about to say that you got to learn, know your triggers to do the coping strategies. You got to know your triggers. Um, twenty four percent have taken medication for a specific specific PTSD symptoms, such as like sleep aid for specific 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 specific. Okay. It's the like, S's. It's the S's it's the that S's. mess with her. <laughs> it's the S's, right? Sleep aids for insomnia. Like so, twenty four percent of people just take medication to, like, for their uh, other symptoms. I guess. I used to take sleep meds, and that's because it stops the dreams. Hmm. Twenty three percent of people have tried cognitive behavioral therapy and that's with part of therapy with um a counselor or a therapist licensed right. therapist i should say a licensed licensed therapist yeah that doesn't mean you're home girl that don't mean you're home girl you don't you don't get to call up shakira and say hey girl let me talk to you let me get my therapy session done that don't get you help that gets right. your friends <laughs> Yes, and that's 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 not Googling on the internet neither, so <laughs> guilty. Okay. <laughs> anyway, 
18%, like I said, 18% did not seek treatment. 16% has tried alternative treatments such as yoga, acupuncture. Mm -hmm. I had a pause on that one. Acupuncture and massage therapy. I need a massage right about now. Along with microdosing. Microdosing is considered an alternative. Yeah, so that will fall in that 16%. Uh, 8% has tried cognitive reconstructing. 8% also tried exposure therapy. Mm -hmm. Those are trauma therapies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 4% had tried virtual reality exposure. Okay. That's interesting. That's I didn't know that was a thing. Technique. Me either. That's yeah, a newer that was technique. Like, that's oh. like a newer technique. I don't see how that helps, but that's okay. Um, that was interesting to see how that plays out, though. I might look more into that. Um, that would actually be really, really cool really, if you did. We could yeah, post something really, on the page about it later when we can research it, y'all. Right. Yeah, because I'm really intrigued about that now. I'm trying to see how that connects. Okay, 3% had tried other PTSD treatments. 3% said they tried um, uh, an MDMA-assisted therapy. Not really sure what that is, but if you know what that is, 3% of people tried it. <laughs> so that's not the good a thing. Lot of, um, the best thing about those last stats that you read, and this is just my opinion, is that it's telling me that people are trying. Yes. And that just leads me to, for, to my last stat is like, only, but it's a low number, but only 8% of the people who sought treatment reported that it was not effective. But that's especially Boom. that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Boom, it's a right low there. Number and that alone that not- tells you. And those people that are saying it wasn't effective probably have complex PTSD and were not seeking or not. I don't want to say not seeking. They may have been seeking the right therapy, but they weren't provided the right therapy. Right. So therefore, it's not effective. You right. know, or if they were misdiagnosed mm-hmm. as a, a standard PTSD, but it was really complex PTSD, standard PTSD treatment will not work for people with complex PTSD, period. No. It won't. Because there's so much more to dig into when it's complex. Right. You need that trauma-focused therapy. You need that, that focused therapy. Mm-hmm. So this... All together, I just want to say this was an amazing informational session. And I am personally looking forward to all the rest of the ones that we're doing because I, even with having PTSD, didn't know a lot of the stuff that we talked about. You know, I didn't know Mm -hmm. these kinds of stats. I didn't realize how many people out there really had PTSD. I just knew about my situation. Um, So this has been like amazingly informative, which makes me really excited for all of our future ones. Um, So I just want to remind everybody that the first Saturday of every month, we are going to be doing, you know, sponsored, but sponsored, because that's a word. I ain't the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Sponsored by My Stable Mind will be these mental health awareness podcasts. And, you know, this is the BPD one. We will announce closer to that date what next month's is. But we would definitely like people to continue to interact. You know, on the page, they have been interacting all week long. We really Mm -hmm. like to see that interaction because it lets us know what you want to hear. I just want to say, um, we're... It's PTSD. You just said BPD, but just 
PTSD. It's PTSD. Yeah. BPD is my other diagnosis, apparently, that I'm just throwing out there for everybody. We are going to do that sometime this year. We just don't know when yet. Um, Well, we know when. You don't. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, tune in because, like I said, um, that's my driving force with my stable mind is letting people know that they are not alone and we're in this together. We're in this together. We're going to get you. I'm going to educate, do my best to educate you to and point you in the right direction so you can get help. Um, I offer life coaching services to help people to let them know that, you know, whatever hurdles so we can get you hurdle over, you know, I'm there to help you. And in the moments that you need, we do identify that you need a licensed counselor, then, you know, I'm there to point you in the direct direction direction to help you get that over to that licensed counselor or that help. There's abundance of out information out there. Um on Google, I know. Um but I I, I wanted to let people know that, you know, if they're not alone. You can go out there, Google the support groups. Um I am gonna be putting out information there for you. So you following my page, you can stay abreast to mental health awareness because that's something I'm going to be doing um pushing really hard this year is making uh, a greater little shine on mental health because I don't think there's enough mental health awareness uh, going on right now it's, it really needs a spotlight on it I completely agree thank you so much for taking the time to do the research and all of that for this awareness podcast um you know not only do I appreciate it but I know all of our viewers do um so y'all as you watch this later if you weren't joining us for the live please feel free to send us any questions or any information that you may have we would love to hear it we would love to share it with other people um and then next week don't forget that our coffee with the Marie's for our current events podcast will be at 8 a.m. So it's yeah. a little bit later, but that makes it easier for everyone to remember. We're live at 8 and 8. So that makes it easier for everybody to remember across the board. And nobody has to be like, hey, what time is the podcast again? Nope, 8 and 8. Yeah, so eight. it's 8 a.m., 8 p.m. We're going to be here for you. So we will see you all next Saturday. But as for tonight, we are two people. Two opinions. Real talk. Real talk. Y'all have a good Good night. night.